Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Father, we thank you for the privilege of gathering around your Word. There were people across this nation who did not get up this morning, but we were those who did. We decided to make this day your day, and we came to your house. We stood and worshiped you. We thank you, Lord. We are so grateful. You're so amazing. As we meet around your word, do your work, and we will give you all the honor. And the church says, amen. Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. You guys are looking good out there today. And beginning with the 21st verse, we'll get started. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, Jesus had crisscrossed the Sea of Galilee, some places they call the Sea of Tiberias, but he did this throughout his entire ministry. But at this point, his popularity is growing, and a great crowd gathered around him. Jesus is in a religious nation, and he's working miracles. And how many of you know when you're doing miracles on a regular basis, hard not to draw attention to yourself and and the rest? So Jesus had become something of a rock star, if you will, in Israel. And he was beside the sea. The language here indicates that as soon as he got off the boat, people crowded and swarmed him. And then out of this crowd came one of the rulers of the synagogue. Since we're not from this culture, we may not really understand the power of this individual, but he's a very, very influential person, something like the mayor of one of our cities, because you could not buy and sell kosher goods unless you're part of the synagogue. And this man had the authority to keep you in it or to put you out. So he's a very, very powerful uh, individual. And he's, his name was Jairus. Now, if you, if you know anything and you're a Bible student, you know at this time in history, most of the synagogue rulers were Pharisees. Pharisees were well-respected and, and very powerful so we, we see here that he wasn't only influential, uh, he was a Pharisee, meaning he was also highly educated, but he was also part of the, the ruling class. The scripture says, and seeing Jesus, when we finally get a clear picture of Jesus, all of our pride, all of our pomp, all of our self-importance can finally melt away and, and just kind of dissipate. But when you finally see, you know, how beautiful and how wonderful, how awesome God is, all of a sudden what you look like just doesn't matter anymore. Well, this man saw him, and he did what most men do who really see him. Now, a lot of people saw Jesus in the flesh, sized him up, said, you know, 180 pounds, this height, but, but, but he saw him. And when he saw him, he saw behind the flesh and saw the Word of God standing there, He fell at his feet. Now, once again, he's probably a Pharisee, and the Pharisees generally and typically oppose Jesus. But knowing that his falling at the feet of the master could 
could ruin perhaps his standing and reputation in the community, even some friends. Scripture says he what? Fell at his feet. It took a lot of courage for this man to fall to his knees. But life had hit him hard enough. In a moment, we're going to see what happened in his home. But he was finally ready to admit that he didn't have all the answers. And you know, a lot of times, and, and I don't mean this in a sarcastic or negative way, I, I, I'm just making an observation. Sometimes I meet young people who come to the faith and they're really excited about Jesus. And, and I'm excited with them, and that, that's a wonderful thing. But the true proof of the pudding is give them a little bit of time. Let's get a little life under your belt. Let's have some unexplainable situations that you have to face in your life. And then if your hands are still uplifted, then I'll be just a little bit more excited about all God's doing in your, your life. He reached a point where he finally, in spite of his education, memorized the first five books of the Bible. Again, of Pharisees, they, they knew it all. In spite of his vast knowledge, he finally had to admit he didn't have the answer, and he sought the one who did. Scripture says, and he implored him. Implored is a strong word, meaning there was a, a timber in his voice, and it was probably a quiver as he spoke. He said, Jesus, my little daughter is at the point of death. Jesus, my baby girl, is dying. If you've ever been here as a parent, in moments like these, it feels like the whole universe has been turned upside down. Nothing makes sense, and you are just standing there helpless watching one you love pass on. But this man, although he didn't have the answers, he did know where to turn. So when I don't know the answer, I'm not really super discouraged because I know the font of wisdom. I know where to go, and I believe that's why many of you are here this morning. Come, Master, and lay your hands on her. Jesus, I've watched you from a distance. If I was honest, I'd have to say I even criticized you from a distance. But right now, my need is so great. I need you in my life. We will all have moments such as this where things we used to make fun of. How many of y'all used to make fun Don't raise your hand. Used to make fun of the church, but you're in it now. To come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and what? Live. This man who should have been Christ's enemy in this moment expresses more faith than most of his disciples at that time. He believed that just one touch from Jesus was enough to turn everything in his life around. How many of you believe likewise? In verse 24, it's really important what he says here. And Jesus went with him. Jesus always goes with people who, what? Believe. People willing to, to humble themselves and, and sometimes lay it on the line for him. God will always go with such people. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. Literally in the Greek, that term throng uh, means to, to press in on someone from every side. 
And this verse has helped me a lot in ministry because I, I've had times when even with the best intentions, even with the most careful planning, ministry can sometimes be messy. How many of y'all know that that's so? And sometimes it can be quite high pressure. And as much as you want to help, there's just so much pressing in on you, it seems like you can't get it all done. And this was the experience of Jesus. So if that was his case, how much more? An individual like me and some of the leaders in this house. And there was what? A woman. So Jesus, again, he's dealing with this, this man's crisis, a very, very serious crisis, life and death, his daughter's dying. But in the midst of that, another situation arises. And then the Bible goes on to give a little narrative about the woman's situation, meaning it mattered to God. This woman had a discharge of blood for 12 years. Luke tells us that the, 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 the ruler of the synagogue's daughter was 12 years old, and, but, but now Jesus meets a problem a woman with a problem that, 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 that's, that's 12 years old. And, and what do you do in such situations? I mean, there's so much need coming at you. How do you evaluate, you know, what's more important? How do I prioritize? How do I, how do I handle this? What did Jesus do in this situation? The only thing any of us can do, he handled all these crises one at a time. So he dealt with the woman, then he dealt with the man. In verse 26, Scripture goes on to say a little bit about her story. And everyone has a story. She had suffered much under many physicians. You know, she took, you know, back, back in those days, and I'm not going to waste a lot of time talking about it, but a woman who was ill like this, they would dig seven holes in the ground and, and have smoke coming out of the holes and then have the woman sit on the hole. And, and, and sometimes... Uh, uh, after that, they, they, would, they would bring her into a room, give her a glass of wine in one hand. By the way, this is, the rabbis have recorded it. This is really what they did. They, they'd have her hold a glass of wine, and then someone had to come up behind her and scare her. And then if she became really frightened, somehow I guess they believed the demon would come out and, and she would be free. But, but the reality was uh, she suffered under many what? Physicians. She took the disgusting and nauseating medicines. They were all types of gums. It was all types. I mean, it was just lots of stuff they put people through, and very seldom did it, did it really, really work. She did every humiliating thing that the, the doctors required. She followed all conventional wisdom. I mean, she, she did everything a woman in her situation ought to have done. But in a couple of verses, we're going to see she got no better. And on top of that, she had spent all she had. So not only was she sick, she was broke. How many of you know that's a heck of a combination in life? <laughs> then it goes on and says she got no better. After all her investment, there was no improvement. But rather, it only grew what? Worse. No matter what she tried, it only aggravated her situation. How, about, how many in this room have ever been there? How, just ever, ever been there? I mean, the more you do, the more you seem to mess it up. You, great intent, you're trying to get this thing fixed, but the more you do, the more trouble seems to come. But the next verse was this woman's game changer. Verse 27 says, she had heard the reports. Sick, broke, busted, disgusted, but somebody told her about Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning. And when she heard it, Scripture says 
and she came up. This woman was a go-getter. I mean, she didn't wait for Jesus to come to her. She pushed through all her excuses, all of her pain, all of her problems, and she made it to church, just like some of you today. And she came up behind him in the crowd and touched. Was it a face-to-face encounter? She wasn't really looking for a conversation. And she touched his garment. Ever been so embarrassed by your need that uh, you only try to get help anonymously? This was the situation of this woman. But she was a tough girl. You know, as we said, a crowd had gathered around Jesus, and, and don't think this was a little neat crowd. You ever see Michael Jackson or some famous rock star, you know, that people are throng impressed? It was that type of crowd. So this woman had been bleeding for 12 years, meaning she has lost a lot of blood. Uh, people who lose blood are weak. They are, tend to be anemic. This woman had suffered, and, and she, she's not very strong. So uh, the Bible doesn't say this, but my guess is the only way a frail woman like this could push through a crowd such as this is if she got down on her hands and knees and kind of wiggled through the feet of the people who were pushing in to get to, to Jesus here. But the point I want to make, no matter what it costs, This woman decided, I'm going to get what God has for me. There was something working in her heart. This type of determination is not just willpower. The Holy Spirit had obviously played. When when she heard the news of Jesus, something happened in her heart. She believed it, and she went after it. Matthew 9 and 21 gives us some important details that Mark kind of leaves out. For she had said to herself, here's something I learned, and I've been criticized every way but, but up, yeah, I mean, every direction. The end of the day, it really does not matter what people say about you. I really learned that, and you can too. What matters most, what you say about yourself. And this woman has some gumption. This woman has something going on deep down on the inside of her. And this is what she was saying. If I only touch his garment, I don't need a red carpet. I don't need special treatment. I don't need an usher or a greeter. I I don't even need a seat in the room. You hear what I'm saying? If I only touch his garment... I will be made well if it means I got to crawl. I'm not going to let anybody or anything block me. Did you, I'm not going to let nobody block me from what God has for me. This was the determination of this powerful woman. Back to Mark 5 and 29. And immediately, the flow of blood dried up, and she felt, pay attention here, a lot of folks come to church wanting a feeling, and God gives us feelings sometimes just because, and I'm thankful for every feeling he ever gives me, and and no problems with feelings, but you need to understand here, the feeling came only after she pressed. She had to press through some things. 
She had a, 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 a hand-knee experience, and, and only after that did the feeling come. After she persevered, she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. You see, when you have this type of well-informed determination in your heart, you will get the same results. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, period. No question mark, it's for sure. But there's something I haven't mentioned to you that I think now needs to come into view for us to really understand what's happening in this narrative. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 15, beginning with the 25th verse. This woman's a great woman, but you need to know the other side. You need to know something a little more about her. She was also a lawbreaker. According to Moses, she was a spiritual felon. Let's listen to what the law says in verse 25. If a woman has a discharge of blood for many days, not at the time of her menstrual impurity. Moses doesn't blush here. He goes right into the details and starts talking about some stuff. Imagine... Maybe only married men and know about this, but imagine Flo. Everybody know Flo? I'm not talking about Flo on the progressive commercials either. Imagine Flo visiting not for just a couple days a month, but for 12 Solid years. When I read that, I understood why there was no mention of a husband in this woman's <laughs> life. And guys, y'all look like y'all got it all together and all, you know, under control. And I know you got your house in order and everything. But uh, for a few days every month, I approached my wife. Anything you need, honey? Anything I can do for you? No, she's good. She's good. But this woman had it for 12 years. Or if she has a discharge beyond the time of her impurity, all the days of her discharge, isn't that polite? She shall continue in uncleanness. I'm going to read the whole thing a little bit. As in the days of her impurity, she shall be what? Unclean. So pay attention here. Not only was this woman unclean, verse 26, every bed on which she lies, everything which she touched was unclean. All the days of her discharge, she uh, shall be to her as the bed of her impurity. Let's skip to 27. It's getting long. And whoever touches these things shall also be unclean and shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until what? Evening. So not only was this woman unclean, 
every person she touched trying to get to Jesus, she also made unclean. Anybody in this room ever do just a little bit of dirt trying to get yours? This was the situation of this woman, Mark 5 and 30. But Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him. Pay attention here. This lady was in the middle of breaking the law of Moses. This woman was in the middle of a sin, and the power of God hit her. Boom. Be very careful about disqualifying anyone from their miracle. I'm in the book, so don't get mad at me. Immediately, Jesus turned about in the crowd and pointed his finger and said, Thou foul woman, thou hast contaminated me with thou lewdness. No. Your dirt will never outdo God's clean. Period. 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 He said, who touched? Now, he was supposed to get dirty. But, 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 let me just keep reading. Who touched my garments? As a fish swims without ever studying, the moon sets off, I'm sorry, the sun sets off its it's, 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 it's heat and, and, and it's light without ever thinking. Jesus is a healer by nature. It requires no special concentration on his part to be who he is and do what he does. Do you hear me? And his disciples said to him, Come on, Jesus. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.